0: Show us, Lord. Show us, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Just continue to worship the Lord and glorify his name. We want to go into his word. Thank you so much, worship team, for you leading us and helping us in in worship this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise God. like to continue this morning in the series of worth the risk I want to share some probably one of the most familiar among Christians a uh, familiar passage of scripture actually a parable that is very common and uh, we remember it so very much you will remember it since as as we turn to it turn with me to Matthew's gospel chapter 25 I'd like to begin reading from verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his son, called his own servants, and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two talents, or who had received two, gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents and look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have it. What is yours? But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have sown, where I have not sown, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want you to join in with me. I'd like for you to touch your your chest right now. Lay your hand right there and just pray that the Lord anoint you. Speak to your heart. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you, O Father, for your spirit to give us anointing and leading and guidance. Lord, give us a word for us that will apply within us. We're listening, Lord. We're listening to your spirit and what you have to say to us. Just help me, Father, to be able to speak a word into the lives of everyone who's here today. God, help me in all my weaknesses and flaws Lord, that you will take this word which is perfect and Holy Spirit begin to plant it in the hearts of each and every one of us, Lord, so that faith will rise up in us. And we'll make decisions today, God, that will be great decisions involving your kingdom and our relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's one of my favorite parables. You say, Pastor, I can't say that. Later. What's in the Bible, it ought to be one of your favorites. Whatever parable Jesus says is one of my favorites. You know, whatever Jesus says is one of my favorites. This particular parable has a present future aspect to it. Jesus was warning and teaching his disciples about the coming of the kingdom of God. In each parable we find in chapter 25 that Jesus tells in this chapter has a common element. And that element is a master goes away and promises to return one day to take account of what his servants did while he was gone. This challenge is put before us. Jesus is away, but he's coming back. The challenge is is ours today, too, of he is coming back. And, and it's like a day of reckoning will occur where that all accounts are going to be settled. Now, I'm glad that I have Jesus Christ as my Savior. Aren't you glad? Because I tell you what, this spiritual stuff scares me. Anything involving God almost horrifies me as a human because if I stand before him as a, only a human, then I'll stand before a holy God and I will be found wanting and I will be found full of sin and disobedience and issues. Anybody here know anybody that's got issues? Going, I'm not going to ask you if you're the one that's got issues, but anybody here got issues or know someone that, that has issues, I'll put it that way. We'll put it on someone else. But I'm so glad. It horrifies me. It's a fearful thing to stand before a holy God. But Jesus, Jesus makes it all possible and rejoicing for the child of God. Because of him, we can stand before God and be righteous and be holy because of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Come on here. I already get a big wave. Round of applause. Amen. Standing ovation. Everybody's glad and happy for Jesus, for his righteousness. Because our righteousness is as a filthy rags before the Lord. But when we stand before God, he's going to see Jesus, his blood applied and the washing and cleansing. So it's it's sort of scary. It's very scary, but it's assuring to know that through Christ, everything's possible and good. And we can rejoice and anticipate the coming of the Lord. We anticipate seeing him one day for ourselves and we will, and so we anticipate. So these spiritual things can be really awesome and sort of kind of, uh, uh, you know, scary, but they're all possible through Jesus Christ, through Him and Him alone. So here, many folks have read this parable. Maybe you've read this way, and before have come with a conclusion about what it's about, uh, and it's about how we use natural gifts and abilities. Or as the parable turns it, as talents. Even more people come to a conclusion reading this parable. They'll come and say, How well, you know, how that their talents and their giftings are that they have in the natural man, and, and how well are we using them for God's kingdom. And that's that's sort of a part of a meaning there, but I don't do not believe it was a total meaning what Christ was leaning here. I believe it isn't the complete meaning of this parable. In order for us to start seeing the meaning of this parable, we need to have a proper understanding of what is a talent. What is a talent? You know, and that's the central question. What do the talents represent? When we think of a talent, we think of somebody who has an ability to play the piano real well. And they, they have this talent, and that's a lot more, that's more talent I got. But we think that that's, that's a talent and how that person might be able to use that talent for Christ. But when we look into the scripture, and when Jesus talking to his disciples, hang on with me for a moment, because you'll see where I'm going at here, okay? Because the moment I speak money, then suddenly, it, you know, we suddenly get kind of, wait a minute here, is he going to preach about money? No. I, I want you to see something else here, okay? When the disciples think of a talent, when Jesus told them about talent in this parable, they think of a measure of money and that a talent is a weight used for uh, a measuring silver or gold. And in this case, a, a talent's worth of silver was worth more than a year's wages. Now, that's a lot of money. And though it was a specific amount of money that the master, Jesus said, the master started handing out, Jesus has it represent something else other than money in our lives there are four things we see in this parable that are clues where that it, it causes us to understand what a talent represents and what does it mean the first clue is that we find the clue in the opening verse it says for like a man traveling to a far country called his own servants and delivered his goods to them notice the two words his goods that's another term for talents. That they are, that these talents or these goods are the Lord's property and are not something which man can get or control. It's not in the natural sense. So, therefore, it's about the master and the Lord, and the talents are about him and his kingdom and who he is. It's something that God is in control and he possesses. When Jesus said that that master, that Lord, Gave him the goods, handed out these goods of his kingdom. And didn't become the property of the one who received them. Though they were only supposed to do something with it. So we find here a, a second clue that explains about the talent. That, you know, I want to say it again. The talents are not like natural gifts. And we're so into gifting now. We're, in, we're so into gifting and talents. And playing that piano, you can find people living under the viaduct that can play a guitar better than you. Got better talent in playing the piano than what you imagine. T- this is not what Jesus is really talking about. Because now, I guess because now we've changed the name of this from a platform to a stage, that suddenly we've decided to have stage performances in church. And, and it's become all about the talent rather than God and his kingdom. This, this right here, and, and, and if you slip, no, you call the stage. Or if I call this stage, nobody's in trouble. But we know that this is a platform for which the word of God goes forth. It's a platform for which testimonies go forth. It's a platform on which people are led into worship and glorify God and come together that way. That's what this is. It's a platform. It's never going to be a stage. That even if it's the children during Christmas time will do a program and they'll be on it, this still won't be a stage. It'd be a platform for them sharing the message of Jesus Christ. Because that's what really matters. Because when it comes down to the entertainment world, honey, we've got so much entertainment at our disposal. I mean, really, even the entertainment world has changed so much because everybody's got a living, got a concert going on their device. They can listen to whatever song they want to and what kinds of songs and whatever. And so the entertainment world changed because of of the handiness of everything. So therefore, God really isn't all that caught up about the talent aspect as far as the money. But it represents a part of his kingdom. Now, granted, I'm going to get ahead of myself, so I don't want to go too fast here. We learn here because it belongs to him and that, uh, that he gave, and that clue, too, is that he gave, according to Scripture, that he gave talents to one man five, another two, another one, to each according to his ability Here we learn that the talents are not natural abilities, but they're actually distributed on the basis of natural ability. In other words, he won't, he's not giving you something you can't handle. He knows what you're made of. He knows what you have. You know, he knows how you work it. Now, I'm glad in God's kingdom we can move up and grow in the Lord. But God, he uses his people and he comes to us and he gives us these opportunities to do his work and his will I just gave it away but we see that and learn that talents are not natural abilities but they're actually distributed God gives God makes listen whatever we do whatever we are let it be Jesus Christ let it be Jesus Christ you say well I'm an attorney no you're a preacher dressed up like an attorney I'm a pharmacist. No, you're not. You're a, you're a preacher dressed up like pharmacist. Yeah, yeah. What I mean by preacher, we all have a message. We all have a witness. We have something to share. We're just disguised as somebody else, but we are the messengers of the Lord. We are. One man received five talents because he was a man of great ability. He could handle it. The last man, he received the least is one because he received only one talent because of his ability. Don't be afraid of God using you because God will not load some on you that he knows that he's not able to help you, that, he, that you're on your own. He will not do that. He will give you what's needed. He will supply the, the source and the resources and whatever's needed for it to happen. He will equip us. He'll work with us. But the thing is here with the talent is this, and, and if you were to put it all in a nutshell, I would explain it this way it 's not how much you you 've done or how much you produce, but what have you done with the opportunity that God has provided? You know what are you doing with the opportunity see he 's away right now, and when he comes back he 's going to ask you he 's going to know what you and I have done with the opportunity that we 've had in him it 's not about the money it 's about How we use the opportunity to do his will and and to complete his will in our life. And if you and I are not even asking God, God, what do you want me to do? Then guess what's going to happen? You're going to go on. We're going to go on through our life and we'll keep living our life. And God is not going to be in the forefront of our life. But I challenge you today to ask God, God, give me opportunity. I will take it, God. God. Give me opportunity. How many times God has given us opportunities and we haven't taken it? We have not taken it because of we've shied back. We've decided that we're just going to take what he's given and we're going to bury it. We're going to bury it and, 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 and put it there. Listen, it wasn't uncommon at that time that people did bury possessions and they put a marker on it so they can go back and find it. But we find, eventually we'll find through this personality of this one particular servant, he had the wrong attitude, wrong heart. He didn't even know it's God. He didn't even decide, he didn't even live out what he was supposed to be as one of his servants. That's the thing, there you go. There you go. There are people who claim Christianity, but they don't want any of the service business. We don't want any service. I don't want to be a servant. I don't... I don't want to have to sacrifice. I don't, you know. But yeah, Jesus, he's good. Yeah, 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 he's good. But it's the service part. So he was before the master. He wasn't even fulfilling who he was supposed to be. He was doing something else. He was preoccupied with other things. He didn't do what his mission was and what God wanted him to do, what the master wanted him to do. Now you ask, He said, uh, you know, In the present tense, in the present context of today, this parable applies to opportunity and what we do. And when we do it, we decide, we choose to do what God wants us to do. Have you ever turned down God? Have you ever turned down God with an opportunity he gave you and it's right in front of you? Come on, it's okay, raise your hand. You ever turned down God? How how'd you feel later? Oh, under conviction, the spirit dealt with you. Why did, why did he deal with you? He dealt with us because we're not supposed to turn down his opportunities. Because he sets us up. If no man is an island, nobody can just go to church periodically, come to church, and then totally ignore the kingdom and call themselves a child of God. They, can't. they can call themselves that, but their actions do not display. It's like the first servant, like the servant with the one. He doesn't fulfill the purpose and reason. You see, we're saved by grace, but somehow or another, we forget about being excited about grace. We're forgiven. Oh, it's way back then, and God's going to hang on to me. I don't have to hold on to him I don't have to do what he wants. I don't have to pay attention to that stuff. I have been born again. And that, you know, I got grace. Grace is going to carry me. Well, yeah, grace is going to carry you, but how's your heart? How's your heart? What's your, where's your attitude? You know, where's it at? Are you jumping at opportunities that for God to use you and want to use you? Or are you turning it down? I'll let the Holy Spirit talk to you about that. God gives, and He blesses us, and you know, we need to ask ourselves this question. Let me read this: Opportunities are the investment potential He leaves with us, is opportunities. God is the giver of opportunity, and in His wisdom gives you the opportunities that fit your ability. You do not have the same gifts or abilities that I have. You have your own gifts and abilities. And the question is not, why do I lack opportunity to serve God? But rather, am I being faithful with the opportunities God has given me? The key to that parable is a simple word called faithfulness. Faithfulness. God wants us to be faithful. He calls us to be faithful. Faithful. And since the key is faithfulness in that parable, it leads us to our next major question. What do we do with the opportunities that God gives us? There's two options presented in this parable we can look at. And the first one's the negative option. Of course, I'll start with negative. And we'll go to positive, make it feel feel a little better. We could take the opportunities God gives us to serve him, or we can bury those opportunities. We understand that those talents belong to the Lord and not to the servants. You say, Pastor, how can I put that in my mind and put it in a spiritual sense? Because I know I have abilities and I have talents. When you become a born-again Christian, then everything you do and all the giftings that you have and all the talents that you have need to be handed over to the Lord, to his glory. Oh, I didn't get an amen out of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, all I am is a, a ditch digger. Well, go and help your neighbor dig a ditch. <laughs> what I'm saying is that it, trans, it transforms for what I can do for myself to what I can do for somebody else. It transforms into a new life that it's not what I can do about myself and for myself, but what can I do for the name of Jesus Christ and God's kingdom. That's the only thing that's valuable with those opportunities. It changes. So we're responsible for our opportunities because we are now in relationship with Jesus Christ. We're now in relationship with him. The opportunities God gives us as as his children are moments of decision when we must choose to play it safe and get what we can for ourselves or risk our reputation or even our very life in order that God may have what he wants. We decide. It's about Jesus. It's a risk. It's worth the risk. It's about him. It's not, I'm not going to play it safe. I'm not going to take it easy. There's a Latin word called carpe diem, which it means seize the day. But that meaning of that word doesn't mean, well, I'll carpe diem, I'll seize the day when all my ducks are in a row and all the the possibilities of failure out of the way or when everything is all lined up just right, that I might be able to step out and maybe kind of, you know, step into maybe doing this when I see the, the risk factor, when I see the plus uh, the plus and minus factor of it all. And then when I come to a piece. And feeling like, well, if I step out and I fail, it won't really matter that much. Because, no, seize the day means seize the day in the moment. To decide no matter what, uh, with reckless faith and and with reckless abandonment, decide and say, Jesus, you're my Lord. The world says this, but you say that. Uh, The world tells me this, but you tell me that. And I'm going to follow what you have to say and what you want in my life. Seize the day. Take the opportunity. Take the opportunity. There are some who said that this parable was applied to the Pharisees, directed to the Pharisees. They received the law from their ancestors, and they preserved it just as it was without trying to. They did that, but without trying to apply its principles for good living in their present life and the way they lived. They kept it out of reach of people by burying it in tradition. Ordinary people could not get at it. The Pharisees wanted a religion without change and without risk. If they, had represented, if they are represented by the servant who buried the talent, they're condemned for, for having had the truth of God but hiding it in religiosity. I'm going to say this to you, and I love you with all my heart, but if you are not intentionally trying to serve the Lord and want to serve him with a love and passion, then you are drifting far away. If you are, if you are not intentionally following the pages of this book and say, I will not do that because God says do not, and, and knowing that, whenever it doesn't say do not in this scripture, you think you can do everything else because the scripture doesn't say Do not. But you're wrong if you don't follow the heart of Jesus and and the context of what he speaks things. We want everything in black and white on a list to do not and shall do list. Well, why don't we just have our cake and eat it too? If you know the word and you know the heart and mind of God, then it's sin if you don't follow after it. There are people who say abortion's okay because Jesus never said anything against abortion. Is that going to be your principle? Because He didn't mention it. When there's all these other contexts and verses honoring life and about life, you're going to say just because Jesus didn't bring it up in His preaching, that suddenly it's it's not wrong. Come on, now you're looking for an excuse. You're not looking for an answer. Then there's a difference in life with that. You know that. We look for excuse or look for an answer. I'd rather have the answer. I'd rather rather have the way, the truth, and the life than anything else. I'd rather have him than anything else. I don't, I'm not trying to be a doomsday, scary kind of preacher, but if you get scared, I just pray it's the Holy Ghost touching you because he is. Jesus is coming back. It's coming soon. The rapture is going to take place. The stage is being set for a socialized, one-world government. There are people in power and in play that want to make it happen. they got a goal. they got to set goals to make it happen. And if you and I want to live in our Pollyanna world, we can. Or we can wake up and say, Lord, you've given me these talents. And, Lord, I want to multiply them. I want to give opportunity for you to use me so I might bless your holy name. We need to recognize these opportunities. We need to recognize them. This is a lesson for us. But what are the rewards? What is the reward? Both of these faithful servants, they received a reward. They produced and they brought out a blessing because they were, took the opportunity and God used them. And they were able to present as an offering before the Lord. Their obedience, offering of their faithfulness to him. But the one reward is this. It seems really strange in this world today because we're just really into what we can get. And what is it, what is it for us? What can we get out of this? Where am I going to get something out of this? And it may seem uh, foreign to us to consider that our master's verbal praise should be a reward for seizing the opportunities. But that's what happened. That's what happened to these individuals is that when they stood before the Lord and they were obedient, the one who had the five, the one who had the two, their reward was the verbal praise of their Lord. See, that don't jive with people with a wrong, heart attitude. But it does jive with those who have made Jesus their Lord and Savior. When he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joys of thy Lord. That's the greatest thing, to have the king of kings. To have the one created Everything. The one who went and died on the cross for us and rose from the dead. The one who sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. The one who has kept us and maintains us and supports us and lifts us up. The one who's God over all the universe and forever will be God and shall be God. The great I am. Look at you and I and say, you've done a good job. Well done. To get a compliment from that source. To get it. Listen, I get compliments all the time. And you and I both, we kind of shake them all. Say, well, That's okay. That's good. Thank you. I know you got a good heart and people just being good to you. But when the master says, when he says, well done, then it's coming from his heart and his mind, and he's looking at you and he's saying, well done you good and faithful servant. Well done, you've been faithful. Well done, you've served me. Well done, you've made the right choices and the decisions and you've followed after me and you've listened to my voice and you've followed after me and you've lived according to my word. When he says well done, then you and I should rejoice and glorify God and say, Lord, what else you want me to do? God, what else you want me to do in your kingdom? Give me more because I'll do more because I love you. The problem with the, the teaching of this age. No, I'm doing fine. The problem with the teaching of this age is this. We immediately, our mind goes back to grace. But well, we're saved by grace, not by works. Any man. So that no man should boast. But that scripture doesn't say we're saved by grace. Don't do any works. If you want to see, as James said, my faith, he said, then consider What I do in my works, then you see my faith in him. I want to encourage you. God has given you opportunity. The big question is, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? And, you know, we think when we we answer the big question... We don't get any other challenges along the way. When we answer the question, yes, Lord, i have give my heart to you, and I'm a Christian, then we think there's no other responsibilities or questions that come our way. No. There'll be other questions. There'll be questions, what have you been doing when I've been gone? Have you been faithful? Have you Have been following me? Or are you just like everybody else? Who's not a part of me? Because remember, in order to get those opportunities, first of all, you had to be a servant of God. But this servant, he lost everything. Because he invested nothing, he lost everything. If you don't invest anything, you're going to lose everything. Because in his heart, he'd already had the wrong interpretation of his Lord, the wrong attitude towards his Lord. And already had a written down excuse he's going to share when he showed up. The Bible says he was gone for a long time. We don't know what the amount of time Jesus was referring to. But Jesus has been gone for 2,000 years. Now, according to you, in my lifetime, that's a long time. He's been gone a long time. And he's coming back. And what he, I wanted to present him with something. I want to present, and you know what? It'll be him having to bring it up because I I can't remember everything I've done. My wife will remind me of certain experiences in our ministry in the past that I've forgotten about. But you are just as, as valuable as I am. And you have abilities and gifts that I do not possess. That God wants to use you in his kingdom if you're bored with church and you don't know whether or not you can come to church often because of your choices, then I'm telling you, you need to realign your relationship. These are the last days. We need to act like it. We need to act like it. Oh, we can see everything on, on social media and stuff coming up on the news. We need to act like it. Rejoicing, anticipating the coming of our Lord. Rejoice and live right now on this planet and fulfill his will for our life and offer up worship unto him. That's what faithfulness is. It's just worship unto our God. Worship unto our God. Somebody? Hello? NASA? Houston, we have a problem. Somebody throw me one of those handheld glory pounds. day haven't (laughs) you I'm teasing you Justin I love you (laughs) bless his heart I have to tell him mute me unmute me Uh, back and forth back and forth behold I come quickly behold I come quickly I'm not trying to scare you I'm trying to energize you I'm trying to I'm trying to stir it by way of remembrance to you what happened, what has happened in your life and what God's doing and that it's not too late. That's what's so great about he hasn't come back yet. So you got time. You and I have time. We had time that God can use us and say, Lord, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I want to be revived in you. I want to serve you with all my heart. I let the passion burn red hot again that I have for you, Lord. Forgive me that maybe I've been distracted. Forgive me, God, that maybe I've lost the first love. But, Lord, I want to be you and I, to be on on very close, very, very, very close relationship, oh, Lord. That you matter more than anything to me. God's speaking to us with that. Don't be that unfaithful servant. Don't be him. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. But let God work through you. You got gifts. You got talents. You got people around you and neighbors and friends and family that need the very talent you have and and the born-again talent you have. It's born again. And God's giving you new, new gifts and abilities in your relationship with him. Let God use you. Because I believe everybody in this room doesn't want any of their family lost without the Lord. We don't want anybody to be left behind. Even the people we supposedly say we love, but we don't like them. We don't want them left behind. We don't. Would you stand with me? How many here would say by raising your hand? Now, you're not raising it for me because I'm going to even close my eyes. I'm not going to see. How many here in this house, maybe close your eyes. I want you to raise your hand very quickly and just leave it raised. and say, Pastor, I want to be so on fire for God. I want to serve him with all my heart. All is within me. I may win people in the kingdom. I want to just raise your hand toward heaven. Everybody's eyes closed. Someone's eyes is open. It's the Lord. He's seeing you right now. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I want to be so on fire for you, Lord. I want to be passionate about you. I don't want to miss opportunities. I don't want to throw opportunities away, oh, Lord. That you're trying to use me in your master plan, oh, Lord. To reach other people. To let the word and the light shine and the word go forth. Use me, Lord. Use me, God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, fill me. Just pray to him. Just, Lord, send your power, Lord. I make a decision. I choose right now, Lord. I'm taking opportunity right now, Lord. Reach out to you and to serve you. I don't want to be the unfaithful servant. I want to give, I want to do as much as I possibly can, Lord, for your name and your name's sake. Oh, Lord, that the kingdom will advance and grow. The lost will be saved. The bound will be delivered. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray this prayer over your people. Holy Ghost, begin to rest upon them and begin to burn within them. Stir our hearts, oh God. We'll be obedient to you. Lord, that you can use us at any time, God. We're on call. We're on call, Lord. We want to hear your voice and we want you to use us. We're willing, Lord. I pray, God, that you give us power. Let your fire burn in our hearts. Let's come alive in a way we've never been alive before. If we got to have a rebirth, God, let us have a rebirth right now, God. Minister in our lives and use us, Lord, for your glory. I will, Lord. I will. I won't answer. I won't say I won't. I won't. But now, Lord, I say I will. I will. I will, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to have a moment of prayer. There's a, a special prayer request. Special prayer. We're gonna pray over Jim Jim Copley's brother's gonna have surgery. It's he gonna remove some intestine. It's pretty serious. I don't know if he's ever made his claim to Christ yet. Is he, is he a Christian? I want you to pray, God, Come on up here, Jim. I want I want you to pray God goes deeper, deeper than that surgeon's going and getting inside the hearts. Of this, of this man, I know it. What, what's his name? Keith, old motorcycle riding hellion by the name of Keith. There's another hellion in the Bible. His name was Peter. He was a cusser. He was a rough guy, and the Lord turned him around. We're gonna believe God's. We claim Keith in the name of Jesus Christ for salvation salvation, the healing in his body. Then we're also going to pray for grandkids we are going to go back to Germany. But they'll have a safe trip, good trip, and the Lord minister their life. And since they're up here, how many here say, Pastor, I've got a special need. I've got a prayer request. I just want to pray to God. There's something going on. I want you to come up here and join us up here. And the Lord will bless you. Yeah, God sees you. He sees the need. He sees exactly what's going on. Just come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Carpe diem, seize the moment, seize the day. Just come up and we'll pray for you, we'll pray for you, pray for you. God just minister to you. I look out in this room and I see some Holy Ghost filled saints that are ready for God to, to use them and work through them in the world that they live in. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. Jesus name. We're going to start on this end. We'll walk on back. Just keep on praying. Any of the prayer team and folks like to come up, other folks, not just prayer team. We're all part of the prayer team. I I sure hope God's people pray. And I want you to come up here and stand behind some of these folks, even if you don't even know them. Just come on up. Come on up. Let them know that someone's behind them. Someone's going to pray for them in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Tell me, what can I do? We'll pray right now, Lord, for Keith. Jesus' name, Father, we lift up Keith's name. We lift him up right now, Lord. Touch him. Touch his body. Help the surgeon. Let the surgeon go in and see that this operation wasn't as serious as we thought. You just work work your hand, O Lord. And, Lord, Holy Spirit, we just, uh, Lord, we just ask you, Holy Ghost, that you speak that keeps heart, Draw him to salvation. Draw him to the Lord that loves him. Let him see that he needs the Lord. Send a messenger in there, God. You know someone. Someone at the hospital is going to say something to him about Jesus. No, there's going to be a nurse that's going to say something about Jesus to him. He's going to see the light. You're going to speak to his heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, we claim him. We claim his salvation in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just pray for the family who's traveling. you travel. traveling. Lord, keep your hand on my sister, Lord. Keep your hand on her, Lord, as she travels. That, Lord, everything just be an easy path for her to make it back to Germany. In the name of Jesus Christ, touch her, Lord. Let her remember. Let her remember the Southeastern Ohio preacher laid his hand on her for your favor. Your anointing upon her life. Let the word of God burn in her heart, Lord, and use her for your glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, oh, Lord, we believe, Father, that you just minister to the family God. <laughs> touch them. Touch them, Father. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Minister right now. You're melting. Oh, my. Oh, you're melting.
1: Tell me, what can I do? Cause I can't live without you. I can't live without you. Tell me, what can I do? Because I can't live without you. I can't live without oh, you. Tell me, what can I do? Cause I can't live without you I can't live without you tell me what can I do cuz I can't live without you I can't live without you here's my heart here's my mind I give you my soul Lord I need you to take control cause I've tried it tried it on my own what I found is I can't make it on my own